Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another episode of the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry, And no Kyle Powell. Kyle is uh, on assignment, we'll call it. He's not really able to work the baseball game that is going on right now because it's raining in Rochester. Hopefully that clears up so that the Bisons can get a game in on the Red Wings. But he is uh, he's on assignment. He's waiting through the rain delay just like the others on the Bisons baseball network. By the way, if you want to hear any Bisons games, you can listen on ESPN 1520. So there's that plug for you. You're welcome, Pat. You didn't even ask me to do that. Leftovers podcast, we have ourselves... And in st- the rare in-studio guest, Frank. Yes, we haven't done this in a while. We haven't done this in a while. I think uh, I think Lindsay was the last one yeah, in I studio. Yeah, I think so. And before that was Dell. Yeah. So, But we do have an in-studio guest, and it's Ryan Thomas, host of the Thomas Takes Sports podcast, someone that we met at the Potathon a couple of months back. Ryan, yeah. welcome. Thank you for having me on. Very excited to be here. Well, this is this is the leftovers podcast, so don't get too excited. But we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate the invitation. I'm I'm ready to go. And you know what, though, let's talk about things that we do appreciate because right now I'm not appreciating a lot of things in sports right now these days. Like you know how the Bills have 14 injuries to their uh, roster, all of which seem to be like their free agent signings. And of course, the Boston Bruins are facing the St. Louis Blues in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So. Either Sabres Twitter becomes an unbearable cesspool or Sabres Twitter becomes an unbearable cesspool and Boston wins again. Yeah, I think uh, as far as Buffalonians, I think all their rooting interest should probably be with the Blues. As tough as it is to see the Blues do well with the Ryan O'Reilly aftermath, seeing Ryan O'Reilly tally those three assists um, the other night was a tough was a tough pill to swallow, but uh, I think that uh, my rooting interests are with the Blues for the Stanley Cup. I don't know about you guys. It's the same, and it's not even, like, the O'Reilly thing to me has no meaning Mm -hmm. into anything that St. Louis has done, you know, this whole year. And I think Sabres fans should feel the same way. It's... O'Reilly never – I mean, those comments he said at the end of last season, were they in bad taste? Absolutely. You really shouldn't be saying those things. Blown out of proportion it, maybe. But it was a blown sure. out of proportion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I think yeah. I think it was a little bit. But he never specifically said, I don't want to play in Buffalo. Right. He never asked to be traded. The team chose to trade him. You can't hate a guy for getting traded. Right. That'd be like – that would be, you know, it's like the same thing with Kane, with mm-hmm. Evander Kane. The dude never asked to be traded, but the team chose to trade him, and there was different reasons for Kane being traded. He likely wasn't going to resign, and he was a UFA at the end of the year. That don't, that just makes sense, and the team was in last place. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. 
O'Reilly, they didn't have to trade him, but they chose to because they wanted to go in a different direction mm-hmm. with, with the core. They wanted to build a new, a new core. The, the core of Michael, Reinhardt, O'Reilly, Kane, Ristolainen just wasn't working. So you're going to trade the older guys that mm-hmm. are there in that core to get some and have some new guys, new younger guys in there. The older guys being Evander Kane and Ryan O'Reilly. And the younger guys coming in, Rasmus Dahlin, Casey Middlestat. I think it's tough. It's not – I want to see Ryan or I always wish players success wherever they go. You know, I remember back in the day when Eric Moulds got – Got sent packing and went to yeah. the Houston Texans. I was like, I hope he finishes career finishes his career on a really good note. Yeah. As far as O'Reilly goes, uh, it's one of those situations where you see how productive he is as a secondary scoring player. Yeah. And then you, as a Sabres fan, as all Sabres fans know, the the real, uh, I think the real failure fail, failure of their season uh, last year was they didn't have that secondary scoring. You know yeah. they relied on Casey Middlestat, and they wanted him to come in and and hopefully fulfill the production that uh, walked out the door with O'Reilly, but it just didn't quite happen. And uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But we'll definitely talk about that probably within the pod. Yeah, and I've always just wanted nothing but success for O'Reilly too. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, I don't. I think the comments he made at the end of last year were bad taste. Mm-hmm. Bad timing, blown out of proportion, yeah, exactly. just a bad mix and, of everything. But when I saw that he went to St. Louis, I'm like, that's a really good fit for him. He's going to have a really good year. Right. A lot of and speed, a lot of physicality Louis, on that team, St. Louis too. Is mo- St. Louis is just mostly a structured team. Right. They're, they're, they don't have a ton of fast skaters. De- Tarasenko, yes. Robert Thomas is really is really fast. Right. And... No O'Reilly's, me, just, by the way. O'Reilly's <laughs> average. Braden Shen's right. kind of average. He's like right around there. And they signed Tyler Bolzak, who's not a fast skater. Mm-hmm. And they still have guys like Alex Steen. Jane Schwartz is kind of fast. And Jay Schwartz is having a hell of a playoff year, by the way. I can't he might re- win the he could win the con Smythe. I can't remember a time, you know, Stanley Cup wise, where you have the Blues and the and the Bruins, two teams that are playing motivated hockey for different reasons, but yeah. our meeting in the middle on the grand stage, it should be a really great uh, Stanley Cup final once again between the Blues and the Bruins back in, what was it, 1970? It was the last time St. Louis was in the Stanley Cup. That's that's some crazy history right years there. ago, and they get to play Boston again. You know it would be great? If this time they can win a damn game. Yeah, that would be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> Just win one game. I, I'm sick of the Boston title town memes, you know, I, I I think it's getting a little old between the Patriots, the Red Sox. You must be new here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. Because you're saying something that I've said 14,000 times already. <laughs> it's literally been that much, that many times. Yeah, I, I believe it, but for good reason, right? I mean, they, now they, it's time for 14,001. <laughs> 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 I hate this so much. Look, I even if even if I didn't like Ryan O'Reilly, even if I was salty about Ryan O'Reilly, there is one thing that will always remain constant within my system, and I'm glad because that means that I'm still alive. I hate everything about Boston. They can go to hell. Boston's won enough. You put up a stupid billboard to make everyone else in the world hate. Excuse me. It just I ugh, Boston. I God damn it. Which, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this entitled city with their stupid <laughs> Bostony ways. With 
you know, you can go to talk to Sully and Washington, go to the bar together, and we can go ahead and talk about how Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all goddamn time. And then Brad Marshawn, he may be a little weird looking with his face, but he's better looking than any one of us in Boston, so I, I'll take it. He's a, he's a great leader and a great guy. He's not dirty or anything. What about Ben Affleck, though? He's going to hell, too. <laughs> I, I just threw and that so in there. so can Jim Halpert. <laughs> I just threw that in there. I mean, it, it is it is tough to see the same teams I'm on representing team Pam the for same, this one. same city. <laughs> team Pam, yeah, hashtag Team Pam. Yeah. Team Pam. Team Pam. I don't it know. is kind of funny, though, that you know one of the staple relationships in a television show with The Office, both sides of it are involved here. <laughs> Jenna oh, for Fisher, sure. Uh, St. Louis. I think that, that has given life to the John series. John Krasinski in Boston. It's like, that's actually kind of hilarious. Yeah. But you better bet that 90% of the country is going with Pam here. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because, again, Boston, I hate you. So does everyone else. Stop winning. Right. I hope you. Go I agree. Like, I hope you go, like, two years without winning anything and, like, you're – and. Three of your teams are sub 500 just to see what your meltdown looks like after two years. <laughs> there would definitely be a meltdown <laughs> Bitch, in Boston. Try me. I've done 17. Few few cities outside of Buffalo are as rowdy as, as Boston is as a sports city. Like, they are, I've gone they are 17 rowdy. years without a playoff appearance from my football team. I hope you're ready for the hell that awaits you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to say the least. I think that. Uh, the series, I think, will be back and forth. I don't see this one being a sweep or, or a, you know, five game. I think this could go six games either way. No matter yeah. who wins it, I, I think it'll go six games. It's my prediction. You know, Frank, you mentioned something interesting when yeah. you had said Jaden Schwartz could be a Con Smythe candidate. Yeah. So I looked at it and I go, I the first thing I said was said to myself was, oh damn, Jaden Schwartz has twelve goals. Yeah. Neat. Scoring goals. He's scoring that's, goals. Yep. That's crazy. Crazy production. Yeah. And the strangest thing about it is that he's doing pretty much all of his damage five-on-five. Five. Mm-hmm. He's third in the NHL playoffs with 16 points. You have to get to Timo Meyer, who's at eighth, to have someone who has less points on the power play than his two. Wow. <laughs> By contrast, the player that's ahead of him that they're facing off with in Brad Marchand has 10 of his 18 on the man advantage. First off, St. Louis, don't take penalties against Boston. That'd probably be that's a wh- good idea. That's where you're going to get eaten alive if, if St. Louis takes penalties and they're constantly on the power play. That's yeah. that's going to where they're that's also, where they're going to get Logan eaten alive. Also, Logan Couture was unconscious this postseason. Yes, he was. Yes, Fourteen he, yes. goals, twenty points. Yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Like, geez, is he the guy that's like the massive Buffalo Bills fan? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. I like him for that reason. <laughs> but then you have to look at the goaltending matchup, and this is where my hope goes out the window. Yeah, Rass versus Bennington. Ben, ben, now, to Bennington's credit, he's been good. He's been very good. I think he's at a 9-17 save percentage. 9-14. 9-14 in the playoffs so far, which mm-hmm. is very respectable. It's considering the run that he's been on since January, he really hasn't slowed down in a bit in any bit. But you said Logan Couture has been unconscious this postseason. Tuka Rask has been unconscious this postseason. It, it's really the, the Stanley Cup final, no matter who's playing in it, it's the final. It's it's every, you know, both teams have 
such a limited amount of energy. Which team is willing to push more? Which which team is willing to play more physical? I I think that question alone will dictate who wins the Stanley Cup as it does every year. It's kind of strange to see that Boston has even lost five games with what Rask is doing. Or not doing. Not, yeah. like, <laughs> seriously, one eight four goals against average, nine four two save percentage in seventeen games. Oh, you're yeah. talking Jonathan Quick twenty twelve numbers. Yeah. Like how have they lost games? Basically comes down to my question there. Well, a couple of them didn't... was because of Bobrovsky. Yes, Bobrovsky. And uh well, the Leafs gave them a Leafs gave them a bit of a series. How, a series, how yeah. long did Leafs they... almost knocked them out? That is true. First round. Strangest enough. How long do they have Rask under contract for? What's Probably the, forever. Forever. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> for and to their, think for that, their sake. And to think that Toronto needed Andrew Raycroft. <laughs> I'm sorry, Toronto. They're still bitter. They thank, are. Thank they God they didn't make the Stanley Cup Finals. He's that, got two, I would rather have them than Boston. You would really? Yes, that's how oh, much I hate. Boston. I don't know. I hate. I hate Toronto fans, man. You I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I hate Boston I don't like fans Toronto too. Toronto fans too, but that team is just way more fun. Yeah, and they're young and they're they're yeah. hungry and and they they would actually be an exciting team to watch like, in the Stanley a, Cup final. Like, that for would sure. be a great team to watch, right? I mean, let's. I being fair, Mitch Marner, Tavares, Matthews, Matthews yeah, Morgan yeah. Riley. Right. I'd also yeah. feel a lot better about the series if it was Toronto St. Louis you would feel Toronto, better about St. Louis Toronto has flaws yeah right right yep. I would too I would feel better about St. Louis Boston's playing like they have none and I'm very very concerned because one of their problems throughout the season was secondary scoring that's not the case anymore so many teams have had that problem that that's yeah. that's I think that's the story of the NHL this year obviously as I mentioned earlier with the Sabres but they've got a a lot of different problems, but I think uh, even with the teams that are that have had success that made it to the playoffs, that secondary scoring is just it's it comes and it goes, really. Yeah, it it always just depends on the night, but at the, at the same time too, it all it really just also depends on how you do your lines. A lot mm-hmm. of some teams will stack their first line, and then that hinders their second, third, and fourth line, which is what the Sabers are primarily this year, right? But then some teams will put some balance on. Like that's why I that's why I think St. Louis can really do some damage against Boston in this series because they've got at least one guy that you have to keep an eye on on all four of their lines. Their first, their top deep, line yeah. right now, yeah, they're just with the way their line combination is. Their top line right now is Jaden Schwartz with Braden Shen and Tarasenko. So you know, and Jaden Schwartz has been great, and you know you got to watch Tarasenko every night because. What he can do, you know what he can do. I think Their Tarasenko line, would be the most exciting player on that Blues team right now. Yeah, just based on his skill level. But your second, their second line right now is Ryan O'Reilly with David Perron, who's been who has been good in his own right, and then Sammy Blias, who has been very underrated for the Blues this postseason, and he's been fitting really well on that line. Their third line, which I think has been their best, which I think overall, just as a whole has been their best line in the postseason. That's Pat Maroon, Tyler Bozak, and Robert Thomas. But the problem is, is that Boston can counteract that with pretty much the same thing. Everyone and then their well then then their fourth then St. Louis's fourth line is uh, Ivan Barbashev, Oscar Sunquist, and Alex Steen. 
But like the biggest so problem you got is guys. That, the biggest problem is that Boston can do the same thing with you now. Like those rentals that they got at the trade deadline that weren't really producing in the season. Oh, they picked a good time. They picked yeah. a good time to wake up. Charlie and Coyle, say, twelve yep. points in seventeen games. Marcus yeah. Johansson, nine and fifteen. And then you still have the younger players like Jake DeBrusque and Denton Heinen and Sean Corrali chipping in with points of their own. Their defense with Charlie McAvoy is still able to put up points. Tory Krug has twelve in this postseason. Yep. Yep. It's tough too because And Zidane Char is still skating over twenty minutes a game. Wow. Yeah, I was just about to say that too. With with Chara, and it's still never playing easy that playing level. that man, especially in the playoffs when they swallow the whistles. Mm-hmm. You got to deal with that man in front of that. Look out! You took the words right out of this my mouth. It's probably <laughs> going to be a series where the goaltender is going to win it. The goal t- one of the one of the two goaltenders has to shut it down. Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, and the that's problem definitely is Rask has been doing it better. Right. By the right. way, to answer the question on Rask's contract, he has two years left. After this season, he's going to pay. He he will definitely he get, to get get some years, years added left. On to that well, deal. it's that's going to be interesting in a couple of years because he's how, got two years at seven million and he's thirty two. Oh, he's still in his prime. He's got some. He's so, got. Well, some he'll time. be thirty four when the contract. I probably is see. I probably see a hefty pay raise on a three year deal. I think it was three four, three four. I'll just say four just to just yeah. to. Have but fun still, with it. I mean, maybe. Grass yeah. <laughs> has been a little bit unreal this yeah. year. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And don't worry, there are still some Bruins fans that don't like them. I don't get that. I don't get that. I, either. I would. I would like to never take will. Them. I would take them on the I Sabers know. right now. I know what Derek's going to say. <laughs> this is why I hate them. <laughs> Just be fortunate for the titles that you've won. Be fortunate for what you have. They waited 86 years for the Red Sox to win one. The Celtics have won what two? The most of NBA the, the history. The most of NBA history, but but in the last in this you know century, I think they've won twice. Could be wrong one. on that. One, they've yeah. won one. Two thousand eight. But then they went the next year after that and lost. Yeah, they've. I think they've lost That's like right. once. Yeah. Too, and like, I mean, the Patriots are the Patriots. I don't even want to talk about them. We'll just skip over it. You must be new here. <laughs> I hate them so much. Predictions, though, Stanley Cup? I'd like to get your guys' uh, predictions on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, there's no better time than now, right? No better yeah. time. I, I'm i going to take Boston. I don't want to. I want to see St. Louis win their first cup. I think right. everything they're, they're, they've been doing, especially since they got hot, has been awesome. Like, the Gloria stuff, too, mm-hmm. is just fantastic. Yeah. A really awesome way to get the fans engaged and – Seeing how they are heading heading into the final, but I always love to root for I, that Cinderella team. Yeah, you know, these are but, two. Just these are two. I think these are two evenly matched teams, but it's going to come down to the goaltending. Rask has just been playing phenomenal. I, it's hard to see him. It's hard to see Bennington outplay him. Mm-hmm. I would agree. What do you think it'll be? How many games? But I think the I think the series is going to be close. Where it'll probably be six or seven. I, I would say Boston. I would say Boston. I'd say Boston in six. Personally. I'm going to say Boston in seven. Okay, I'd, I'd like to I see that. St. Louis as far can as it going seven really games. do some damage, especially in that secondary scoring parts. Because mm-hmm. I think they're I think their second as as good as guys like Hoyle and Johansson have been, and even David Krejci. St. Louis can match that, if not be better, just because of what I said earlier, too, that they have a guy that you have to watch out for on all their lines. Right. Boston, more so on three of their lines. Their fourth line, it's, I mean, Sean Corrales not bad, not a bad player, too. But I like St. Louis's fourth line a lot more than I do Boston's, and that could really help. 
I feel like, too, the main storyline heading into the series is Rask and, and the way he's played. I feel like I just can't see him having a bad night in any of these games. But watch him, watch me say that on this show, and then Rask allow like five goals in one of the games and St. Louis, you know, push push Boston in this series, and it might go seven games. That's the beauty of the Stanley Cup final. You never know what's going to happen. There's always that Cinderella crazy moment that nobody expects or moments that nobody yeah. expects. Bennington really needs to be on his game if they want to win. Right. It's really going to come down to him. Derek, what do you got? What do you What are you thinking? Well, what my head and what my heart are saying are very two much different things, and uh, that's the that's the unfortunate part about this is that I want St. Louis to win this, and I have more confidence than them in them than say San Jose, but. This year in Stanley Cup playoffs, I have not been able to get a lick of what I want, and that continues. I mean, that's fair. Right. You wanted San Jose to beat I, St. Louis? Or? Well, I wanted St. Louis out in the first round so that the Sabres can get a higher pick. Right, I right. wanted San Jose out in the first round so that we could give Ducks a pick and then, like, you know. Right. Like, like I said, higher pick. Right. I wanted those guys out you were, in the first round. You were round. rooting with, with the Sabres rooting interest, exactly. as, you, as you should. Right. And then I didn't want Sabres Twitter to melt down. Seeing the Islanders advance around, I didn't want to see yeah. it melt down with Ryan O'Reilly advancing and everything like that. And all of that happened in the first round. I got two picks right. One of them was Boston mm-hmm. because I know I can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> you can't always get what you want, right? You can't always get what I want. And what, was your, what was your cup final pick? Was it Winnipeg-Tampa? Yes. Yeah. I thought for sure. I'm still I mean, the Tampa shocked thing, that yeah. Tampa – fell apart the that way they hilarious. did that was my, really something my cup final was uh tampa vegas yeah i actually that's that was mine as well i mm-hmm. i thought that uh tampa would would you know not coast suck. yeah not suck i thought they'd actually coast to the final for some would, odd reason and you think they would do the good thing maybe? yeah the i thought they'd play they the way they played all done. year and they just <laughs> fell apart yeah but, so um, yeah no it for me it's i'm gonna end up taking boston not because i want to but mostly because you feel like it's the right prediction. No, it's just that nothing is sacred. You can't have nice love anything in life. <laughs> right. That, remember that thing Never about love anything. Remember that thing about we can't have nice things. Right. Everything has to go the exact way we don't want it to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what the Stanley Cup Finals has been. Yeah, it's been that literally that. And I still think it's, it'll be an entertaining series. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. For sure. As always. It's always, you know, captivating and fun. And there's always a big moment in every series. So it'll be fun to see what moment that is. So you want to talk about something happier? Yes, I do. I'd like to talk about something somewhat happier. happier. What's happier? What do you got? This is an interesting little tidbit here today. Okay. Um, TSN 1200. Pierre McGuire was on, and he said yes. there's a lot of speculation about the Sabres 
taking on Ryan Callahan's contract, which is I think five two five for the season. Five eight. Five eight. Ooh, wow. Five eight for one for year. year. Huh. Depending on the return that they can get, what comes along with Ryan Callahan? This is news to me. I did not hear this until yeah, this, this show. This wow. is today. Yeah. yeah, this was wow. today. This is fresh. I'd be intrigued to I'm see intrigued what I could get. About yeah, what else you're getting? What are you getting to take on that contract? And what are the Sabers giving up? Maybe. So they would take That's, on, but that depends on what Tampa, what Tampa wants to do. Because look at the light. You look at the Lightning and Frank. You've You've shook your head at me when I've said the words Tyler Johnson fairly often. But he does have a $5 million cap hit. So. And that would be here, some nice, nice relief for them. Here, are, would the players, here are the players that I would suspect are what you'd have to take along with Ryan Callahan. And obviously you've got to give something back for getting rewarded a player. But, but it, it's not going to be much if so, it's along the lines of. Yeah, yeah. Say it's Ryan Callahan and it could be one of the following four players. Andre Pallott. J.T. Miller, Yanni Gord, or uh, Tyler Johnson. You can even throw Alex Kalorn in there. Yeah. All these players, similar ages, 26 to 29. Several of them can play center. Kalorn, Johnson, and Miller in particular. Miller especially. All of them, except for Kalorn, carrying north of $5 million. Wow. And and I, but I think that will But only... all of them signed at minimum until 2022. Yeah, wow. minimum three years. Wow. That's the only problem I see with that is you're, and that, I think that's assuming Ristolainen's involved in the deal. Because wow. if, because if, if Tampa is only. The deal, what the hell are you getting cap relief out of here? Well, for Tampa, you are, you are getting cap relief because you're trading away a 5.8 million cap and, and at and an average of $5 million one, and you're taking mm-hmm. on a 5.4. So you're, you're, so you're saving, saving 5.4. Yeah, you're saving 5.4. With already, what you have in, with already what you have in cap space, which is about 8.5. Honestly, here's my big thing. So that, that would give Tampa about $14 million in space, which right. is, should be plenty to be able to re-sign Braden points, which is their big thing. So they're trying to clear cap to kind of re-sign their own and they need Yeah, they got to re-sign Braden point, point right. and... They need to get defensemen because they have four NHL defensemen under contract for next year. They so they need, need a couple more. more. Yeah, they need a lot more. Now here's my interesting thing. <laughs> I've I've taken I've taken very highly to the opportunity to get a guy like Tyler Johnson. And but, my big thing with Tyler Johnson, though, here's the bad news: he's got a straight up no trade clause. There's so many guys though that throughout the years, whether dreams it's in, can die, yeah. don't love anything. Yeah, whether it's in hockey and baseball, there's these no trade clauses, but it seems like they always the, the guy always gets traded. That has but a the no strangest thing about yeah. this yeah. is that a lot odd. of these players do have them as well. Yanni Gord's got a no trade clause. Andre Palat's got a no trade clause. Like there's a lot of it. They all have but, no trade clauses. Jesus, they all do. Now here's my thing though, when it comes to it re- see for me what it I would just... call acquireability in this sort of situation. I'm I'm very much intrigued about the potential of getting a player like Yanni Gord without having to get rid of Ristolainen. See, that's the thing. Yeah. I think I'm I'm wondering if it's going to be something like that, or it's Tampa's willing to give up one of their better prospects. 
if they're trading risk and you're only trading away like a third or a fourth to do it if they're trading risk lane and i'd like to think that there'd be multiple players i would hope that there'd be multiple players you would hope c- coming back and I, yeah I don't and that's really just know based if, on tampa's perceived value of right risk and I don't really know if, as as much as there's been rumors around Risto and whether he'll get traded or not, I, I don't know if that's if it's a certainty. I feel like those rumors have kind of died down, and then they pick up, and then they die down. It, it's usually really... what happens. Like they pick up, like they picked up around the deadline with Andy Strickland saying right, Risto right. Tampa. Watch for that. The major thing is if a conversation happens. Oftentimes it's revisited. It's oh, always for sure. back, yeah. especially yeah, especially around draft time. Which I, which if something like this which that's happens, the most likely time for it to well. happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Most likely. So, I'm wondering how much of it is. I'm wondering how much of it's going to be similar to the Sherry Hunwick deal from last year, yes. where the Sabers right. traded really a fourth round pick and they got they had to take Matt Hunwick, but they got a top nine forward. That was out a of decent it. deal. I, I would say so. I think that yeah. I think that deal really worked in the Sabers' favor a lot. Yeah, you can now, use a twenty twenty second, which the Sabers have two of, mm-hmm. and you can get a much more productive. Well, the Sabers have one twenty twenty. Like, it's twenty twenty one that they have two, oh, but. Right, right. I'm wondering if they could, yeah, they, like a 2020 second. You could still and, trade that one, maybe. Yeah, you know, maybe they but could you trade could, a like, 2021. a 2020 second, you get Ryan Callen, and, yeah, you get a Yanni Gord or a, a JT Miller out of it as well. I think of the— You know, a little bit them. higher, may, and, maybe, and, may, or, and maybe there's some conditions on it, too, or you're trading, or you're trading like, a third-round pick this year, and you're getting Ryan Callahan, but you're getting a prospect like a Taylor Radish. Yeah. That number one priority post the Kruger hiring, I would say, is getting that secondary scoring wherever you can find it. Yeah, and I think JT Miller of the five is probably the least likely to happen, I think. You'd say it Johnson. may have to do with the fact that he is a straight-up center and that he is the youngest of the group. I think Miller is just as much of an option because – he was the secondary piece involved in the McDonough trade. Yeah. And while he while they did sign him, I don't know how much they were really expecting of him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a very interesting situation because you have a team that's in desperate need of secondary scoring and the question is do they trade one of their own to get more of that? But by trading a player you're also opening up another hole. It's that... just really fun to think about all of those players because all of them except for Alex Kalorn really can play center. Oh, well, I'd say Korn, Kalorn and Kalorn Pilot. and Pilot. Which yeah. one out of all those but, guys would you say is the best face-off guy? I wouldn't really worry too much about the face-off yeah. thing. Yeah. But But to answer the question, I think it I think it would be Tyler Johnson. That's what I would that's I would say I was... best all-around center. For it's you, it's Tyler. Tyler yes, that's what I'm, I'm Gordon, saying. Gordon Miller, while they can play center, they fit. They're better on the wing. They primarily have played wing in Tampa. And Johnson would be that second line guy, third yes. line guy. Yes. I, would I, would say second. I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't even say third line guy. Right, I wouldn't either. Tyler Johnson is but a second middle, line center. Middle stat would would move down, which I yeah. just don't think he's ready to take on that. But the beautiful that thing about the Tyler line. Johnson is he could move over to the wing. Right. He's played yeah. a lot of left wing. Yep, and the Sabers they need could use a little that, more help, particularly in the left wing. Right, they need versatile players. Yeah, they, like they Connor really Sheary is a tweener, a second, third line guy that you know 
probably fits a lot better as a third liner production wise than he does a second liner. Mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson would save you from that problem. And if you need to swap him in middle stat, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think having having with, seen that season with all the young players that they've had, they just need some a little bit more experience. Whether here's it's the crazy younger thing with experience Tyler Johnson, or not. Tyler Johnson, since he's come into the league in 2012-2013, he has averaged at least a half a point per game throughout his entire career, save for his first season when he played 14 games and got six points. And he just missed half a point a game on that threshold. Yeah, that's just just under. 50 and 82, under. 72 and 77, 38 and 69, nice, 45 and 66, 50 points in 81 games, and then this last season he's had 47 and 80 games. But he had 29 goals. Sabres could use that. <laughs> it's it's going to be a fun off season, to say the least. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It always is, but I think this off season in particular – you got some pressure on those shoulders, I think, if you're uh, if you're Jason Bacho to really get there's this a right. There's a lot of there's a lot of lot of pressure. Of pressure. On him. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, my my dreams can stay alive, I guess. The only problem is that all those players have no trade clauses. Yeah, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. It's definitely that's definitely definitely a a legit you know, rumor or, or whatever you want to, you know, that's that's definitely a, a move that I could see. Sometimes these these headlines come out and you're like, ah, I don't know if I should believe that or that doesn't really fit. That one actually would fit depending on what Buffalo would trade. It really does depend on what Buffalo you know, would get back. And get back, right? Interesting yeah, right. here. Everyone's favorite gift master, Ben Mathewson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he comes up with an interesting idea here for a trade possibility with uh, Tampa Bay. And it's something that you had mentioned along the lines of with you have to, uh, you know, hope to get a very promising young player in this deal. Trading Ristolin in St. Louis first, probably needing a little bit more than that just to make sure that the deal goes through. But then your return is JT Miller, Eric Chernak, and Ryan Callahan. You might need to trade another roster player. I would do that. Yeah, you might need to trade another roster player. You you can make that happen, yeah. Eric Chernak would be a nice young defenseman for you to – to start a new Rasmus Ristolainen gets to start over. Yep. Do you think he just needs to get a fresh start? In his I career? do. I, I do, am. but I don't. Yeah, right. I do. But I'm in I the don't. middle on that. <laughs> Ristolainen seems to me to be a, li- a little bit lower of an IQ player when it comes to breakouts. Right. He was so used to having to be the guy that once they got Delean, it was like once they got man, Eichel, he didn't need to Eichel, do it anymore. Right. Right. But he did. And he continues to. And when he's in a panic, you'll see, you know, he'll just fire it up the boards without looking. Sort of things. Like, it, it's the it's There's the a lot of hesitation. Right. There's a lot of he- – I, I watch him, and I, I see a lot of hesitation in But his then game. you look at him in the offensive zone, though. And there's no hesitation. There's no hesitation. Yeah. There's no thinking. There's just, let's do this. Mm-hmm. That's where he's comfortable. That's where he makes his money. He is, a, he is a lesser version, I would say, of a Jake Gardner. Uh, or um, I would say he's probably just a Jake Gardner, lesser version of a Brent Burns. Yeah. Oh, for sure, Brent Burns, a guy is who can a put up offensive numbers, Tasmanian Devil, but has some ice. problems in his own end that you really don't report often enough on. Whereas guys like Restalinen and Jake Gardner, for example, well, their respective towns give a lot of flack about the problems that they have in their own end because right. they don't 
have a point per game production to match it. When you look at Brent, Brent Burns too, uh, during this playoff, I've barely seen him off the ice. It seems like he's been yeah. out there the entire time, and yeah. when he's off the ice, he's barely off the ice. So it feels like he is. Yeah, yeah it's uh, if the if there was a guy, if the, those those guys don't grow on trees, there's so few defensemen in the NHL like that. And he even played a full season at the right wing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There was that too. He's so, a, he's a player. I, yeah, I, I really enjoy watching. Yeah, for it's sure. just that Ristolainen isn't that, and it needs to it needs to be a little bit more of a realistic approach on that. And maybe getting a fresh start can help him there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at I look at the one for one deal that was made Domi for Galchenyuk last year, and Max Domi just comes in and tore it up. All right, yeah. we got our score. Yeah, yeah, he played completely uh, he looked rejuvenated and Galchenyuk was fine I think he's just a he's a good player that was just not used properly in Montreal but he was as is in Arizona and I just really think though that Ristolainen could use something like that and I can't remember the name that I floated around when we were trying to talk about potential one-for-oneers on Ristolainen we've talked about a lot like I remember I threw a young player's name in there, and you looked at me funny. <laughs> we, we talked, like I said, we talked about a lot of players, and when you're talking about a team that has so many, uh, so I many needs, it's, which the, it's really which tough the, to remember player. which player you would want them to get. Like they talked, so like, like we talked, like Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, like Risto for Hopkins, one for one. I mean that wouldn't be horrible. It, it wouldn't, wouldn't be, be horrible. But it I wouldn't just be... have a hard time seeing Edmonton do that. I would, yeah, I, I would too. Because they need cap relief. I would see, and that's not much. That's not. That's not much. a lot of yeah. cap relief. Yeah, I, I would um, see Risto being traded in a pure salary dump. Yeah, you know, move, or maybe not. You know, it's, um, it's tough. Was it Winnipeg? I don't remember. I don't remember who it was, and now it's figuratively killing me. Yeah. I hate using the term literally for things that literally are not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> now, it wasn't Winnipeg. It was, a, it was like an oddball. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Kind of team. I remember that much. You guys will figure it out once the show's over. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Usually That's how it always works. So, um, you mentioned at the start of the show. I don't know if you guys did. You guys, what did you guys think of this horrific debut of OTAs for the Buffalo Bills? Oh, everything's on schedule, perfect. Nothing is wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Everything I mean, is normal. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's I, fine. You do, that fire behind us is not real. I don't think it's. I'm not panicking. You're falling. panicking. I don't think the sky is falling by any means. Oh, I know. 
I just you know, thought, but it just was a little. Uh, it was a little bit of a tough pill to swallow, I guess we'll say. It was. It, it's kind seeing, of funny how it works out that way, I guess. Well, you want to talk about how like contracts are structured and guys with no trade clauses and who can go to what team and all that crazy structure that there that there is now in professional sports contracts. I'm pretty sure that if Tyler Croft were to get hurt, which he did, Buffalo can get out of the Bills can get out of that contract fairly easily from what I've from what I've read. So, I would have just liked to have the guy I would have liked to have the guy here. You know, I wouldn't want that want him to never play it down here and then see them get rid of him. But uh, they did address the position as well. Though. They did, and and they addressed it heavily. And that foot that he broke was the same foot that he broke last season. And you know, with guys with foot injuries, Sammy Watkins, Des Bryant, you know, over the last few years, receivers are tight ends. It's very tough to come back from. It's not easy. So. All that being said, I, maybe they they move on from him, but it just brings up a minor question for me. It's a really little one. Why the hell's Dawson Knox not signed yet? Is he the only guy only left? One. That's what I thought too. They signed seven of their eight players right away. They signed it. Yeah, they signed it. Oliver like the morning he was. It they was almost like the morning he was in. He was in the building. Yeah, it was pretty much everyone signed except Dawson Knox. That's what the day was. Wow. So it's a little weird to they see design. a third rounder be your quote unquote holdout when it's not really much of a holdout. Because he's still at OTAs, he's still practicing, it's just he's right. not signed. And that's the guy that like, you look at his collegiate production, he didn't really have these eye opening stats at all. But the moments that he did have the ball in his hand Passing offense was also pretty Right, booty. passing offense was, was loaded with Metcalf and Brown. Well, their quarterback was... Quarterback was not great, but th- the quarterback had other options outside of him, and they really used him more as a blocking guy, but he can definitely catch, and he can run routes. And, you know, of course so, you're going to hear these things from players, you know, coming in. Like It's like, oh, hey, like I like what this guy did and blah, blah, blah. It just... When Josh Allen talked about Dawson Knox, he was asked about him. He said one of the things that he likes about him right away is that he's smart. Right. Like, everyone knows he's athletic. He's very he's smart. He's picking up on things pretty quickly, and that's the big thing. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting to see. The The injuries, it's bizarre. That a lot of your big-name guys that you brought in through free agency, Croft, Beasley, Morse, right. are the ones that are dealing with surgeries or now, in Croft's case, had to undergo one. It's a little interesting to look at and go, hmm, um, we doing all right here? Well, Cole Beasley's deal was a four-year deal where, I mean, I remember upon them signing him and the information kind of coming out about his contract, they said after two years he could, they could get out of it. And I find that so interesting now that these GMs can write these contracts that, you know, it's reported four-year deal, but really it's a two-year deal. Yeah, nothing you know, ever can, is. Nothing ever is what it is in the NFL anymore, yeah. as far as contracts go. So, Cole Beasley too. He's he's 29, I believe. I think at mm-hmm. some point during the season he'll be 30. So, you know that 30 is is uh, is not young by any means for a receiver that relies on quickness and agility and this uh, elusiveness as a slot receiver. You know, we'll definitely see that wane, whether he's on the field or not. You know, yeah, that 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 will definitely tone down. I just find it 
odd as well that three of the major I mean three of the major signings that all the you know uh, beat writers and reporters are talking about that will help Josh Allen the most are hurt which it's not a good sign but I think there's there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. There's a lot of op- there's more optimism now, I think, within the Bills fan base than there has been in quite a long time. And that's what I'm going to ask the question here about today, because I've listened to a lot of the things that are going on, and one of the biggest things that I got out of a takeaway from Josh Allen from Tuesday was he's incredibly thrilled and seemingly almost grateful to have his offense coordinator back for a second season. It's and huge. he said that a lot of what is going on between now and last year, I still have the same guy. We're still working together here. It's not just a big thing for a young quarterback, but for any quarterback in their NFL career to have their OC with them, mm-hmm. to be under the same system again. Hey, if, you're, uh, if your mental process is streamlined at this point and we got to just worry about some of the little things – I'm hoping for a big step from Josh Allen. So I feel good about the Bills. Like, it's not the Sabres here where they're making me miserable on almost a consistent basis at this point. I'm intrigued to see what goes on and what this season looks like. The only bad thing that I have about the Bills is, well, the AFC seems pretty loaded. And that's the bad news for me. You think it's loaded? Yeah. You, you think it's loaded? I'd say the conference is. Yeah. I let's, I, let's, I think let's it's loaded. By, let's go division by division here. The West, you have the Chargers and the Chiefs. They're always going to be your problems. Yeah. I'm not taking the Broncos or Raiders very seriously right now. As you shouldn't. In the South, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. What I do know is that the Colts are probably going to run some train. Uh, the Texans are going to be a playoff caliber team. The yeah. Jaguars might be back simply because they don't have Blake Bortles running their offense into the ground anymore. And then, of course, you have Tennessee, who somehow decides that they want to win seven to nine games every year. Right. I think. Within and then it, there's the North. Then there's the AFC North. Yeah. Where Cleveland is suddenly the favorite. Oh, I never thought I'd have to say those words. <laughs> Pittsburgh's not dead. They no, just, Pittsburgh will always be around. And then they drift Baltimore so well. has one of the promising young quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson. Cincinnati, garbage. We could, we could, we don't have to worry about Cincinnati except for when they come to play here. Um, but again, it's just one of those things where I'd say it's loaded. I would say it's loaded. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of talent, and there's a lot of teams that have made a lot of very interesting moves that have really changed the makeup of their team. Um, whether they're trying to get into that playoff picture or whether they're trying to maybe reload and rebuild or revamp, whatever reword you want to use. I- I'd say revamp for some teams, rebuild for other teams. But um, there's always a little bit of parity year to year. You know, There's always one team that's in the playoffs one year, and then the next year they just completely fall off the face of the earth. The question is, how many of those teams will actually – I mean, I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a phenomenal season last year, Pat Mahomes, MVP campaign. But with all the question marks surrounding Tyreek Hill um, and his off-the-field issues, there's a lot of teams as well that really have to put up or shut up. And I, I would say that Cleveland right now on paper is a favorite, but – they have so many new pieces. It either goes one way or the other. The new pieces are going to bring immediate success, or those new pieces are 
really going to take a while to gel. Mm-hmm. And with Buffalo, they don't have an Antonio an Antonio Brown missing OTAs or Nodo Beckham missing OTAs or, or they don't have any of these situations where they, they can cause distractions. I, mean, I don't even think Cleveland has a problem with though. No, they like, don't. But I mean, they're they're I think we can all agree that potentially there could be problems with Odell based on his personality and, and things here's, like that. Here's what I think is the biggest factor, though, and why I don't think there will be any issues. If Jarvis Landry, his BFF, is all in on Baker, he's going to be all in. Right, right. Like he's not going to have – he's going to go lockstep if one of his closest friends is all in on this quarterback. And from what we've seen, right, Landry's all in. Well, there's enough pieces on that offense that one guy doesn't have to carry the load – and he's not working with a 40-year-old Eli Manning anymore. That's going to be so the other that's... thing, is that he's going to catch passes from someone that's not Eli Manning. He's going to be like, I don't give a damn if I get over 1,200 yards. We're good. Right. Like, right. And they have a running game. I mean, Cleveland will be good, but I think maybe early on they might have an adjustment period. Maybe even in the middle of the season. Well, they could start off hot and then – That's why the timing you know, of the trade isn't all that terrible either, though. No. Beckham gets to be there through OTAs and through the off-season workout program and through minicamp. I still can't believe through... he got traded, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But uh... Well, speaking of dumb things, boys, it's time for the transition. The Dummy of the Week. Dante, I'm trying to fight these demons, but I'm dummy thick and the clap of my ass <laughs> keeps alerting them. I've got my nomination for Dummy of the Week. Ryan told me before the show he has a nomination for Dummy of the Week. So, Frank, Frank, you get to play judge if you don't have one. Okay. Ryan, you are our guest. Mm-hmm. I will start off with you. Who do you have under the nomination for Dummy of the Week? My Dummy of the Week is the notorious one, Conor McGregor. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, it has nothing to do with anything you know, any of the bad reasons he's been in the headlines. Um, he had a little bit of a run-in with the law a couple times, but more so with a recent detailed account of the UFC 229 melee post his loss to Abib Namagamadov. Biggest fight of his career. Worst night of his career. He gets another title shot. He's pining for a rematch with Abib Namagamadov, and he does this 40, 45-minute-long interview with Tony Robbins uh, in, front of the, in front of an audience, live audience. Oh, boy. And constantly makes excuses for why he lost that fight. Where me, if I'm sitting in his shoes, I would just take the L and say I faced a fighter that is very dominant, is known as a mauler inside that octagon, is undefeated. Now, to be undefeated in MMA is, is very hard to do. It was McGregor at one point. Like, at, at one point, he was undefeated in the UFC. It's, just, it's still, yeah, like, But it's still very hard. It's still yeah. very hard to do all that. Very hard to do all that. I would just say to myself, I'm not going to come out and say, oh, I had a broken foot. I couldn't cut weight for 48 hours. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. The pre-fight hype for that fight was the, the, the tension was so thick you could cut it with a knife. It was not his night at the office. There's there's nights that we can all say, you know, today wasn't my best day. I, I golf a lot. There's days where I golf and I say, this was not my best day. Take my losses and, and live another day. I don't make excuses. I don't say that the war is not over and allude to more post-fight melee activity, which is what he did, which was such a bad mark on the sport that's trying to become, you know, something of the NFL 
you know, one of the major sports in, in the world. Um, I think it has achieved that, but that melee definitely hurt it. And his comments have definitely made me nominate him as the dummy of the week. All right, Frank, I think I've got one even better than that. Though. Okay. And this one comes from <laughs> Ben Cohen of the Wall Street Journal. Oh? Yes, it me. A guy with not even a communications degree yet from Buff State. I'm about to call out some guy from the Wall Street Journal. Go on. But <laughs> this is pretty bad. First off, nothing against anyone that's gone to Buff State. I'm just making fun of myself. <laughs> Second, Ben Cohen of the Wall Street Journal writes that the Golden State Warriors wouldn't be a dynasty without Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and Kevin Durant. This doesn't even make sense. Hey, Ben Cohen, uh, I've got related news. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sleep unless I close my eyes. I wouldn't be able to be hydrated if I didn't choose to drink water. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to go faster if I don't run. That's a fair description. The sky is blue. Yes! The sun is bright. Yes. <laughs> there wouldn't be light without the sun. <laughs> like, that is the level of what the headline you created was. Oh, Lord. A, no crap. Yeah. Of course. B, you promptly and rightly got roasted for it. I can't believe that that was actually written in the Wall Street uh, sports section. I mean, it, it just, it, it was very hilarious baffling. to me. And I get what he was trying to do, which was they're the second team ever to make it to five straight NBA Finals. Which is remarkable. Which it hasn't happened since, so oh, hey, Boston. Good, we're back to this again. Oh. <laughs> In the 1960s. So it's a rare feat. But, hey, it's not really breaking news that they're a dynasty because they have good players. They're a dynasty because they got great players, and they got a great player that they don't even need. I mean, if you wrote a Wall Street Journal article and it said the Warriors don't need to win with Durant, that would all that would also be Captain Obvious. The five but essential players of this dynasty, Curry, Thompson, Green, Iguodala, and Durant, were necessary to do something no team has done in more than 50 years. And people are paying for the Wall Street Journal because... Are they, though? No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, they did. <laughs> they not definitely... because of sports. Ben? Yeah. Ben Cohen? I'm going to just say it here. There was an attempt. You tried. He did and try. because of your effort, you are the dummy of the week. <laughs> Boom. And there it is. <laughs> like, the comment section on that was... Incredible. Like one of the one of the best was Crosby Stills and Nash wouldn't have been a band without Crosby Stills or Nash. <laughs> That's like, yeah. Hall and Oates would not be Hall and Oates without Hall and Oates. <laughs> it's like what does that even mean? Yeah. I just I don't get it and you know, I don't like seeing the Warriors in the NBA finals every year, but And it, the only thing worse what than is. what was what was what what was ended up said by Cohen is how it was promoted on the Twitter page. As if it was which, great. Which it, was, which yeah. if it wasn't more cut and dry than that. They went ahead and straight up said it, just like the Warriors wouldn't be a dynasty without these five players. And that is where they got burnt. Yep. And they've had other players come in and out of there that 
were great on that team. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think they need KD to be quite honest with you. But they got him, and when he was healthy, he helped their their cause far more. But now, Demarcus Cousins hanging out there now, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they they, they don't they got, need that. They, but they got him. They got him. Yeah, and I mean, maybe you could say when you have great players on one team, it brings in more great players. But that is also captain obvious. Yeah, like, you know, that's. I think that that was ice is that was slippery. A little, little messy of an article there. Hmm. It was just <laughs> there was a there was an attempt. Get hit by water, you see, get what? Yeah, <laughs> there was an attempt there, and I could see what the guy's trying to do, which is point out the historical marvel that is. But he swung and he missed. Yeah, but no, no crap. It's right. because out. of the players and how great their players are. Right. Yeah, you're struck. It's not out. like they're getting there with. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, the remnants of the shell of what is Kobe Bryant, right. Michael Jordan's corpse, and uh, Larry Bird's bad back, and the rest of the <laughs> and the rest of the Cleveland Cavaliers, <laughs> Mo Williams. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, Jason like Terry, Anderson Barry. Yeah, this isn't this oh isn't Lord. LeBron carrying Ogalskis. <laughs> what yeah. is his name? Yeah, something Ogalskis. Uh, yeah. I can't even remember. So Junus Ogalskis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. This isn't LeBron carrying literally a bunch of scrubs to the finals for five straight years. And LeBron had made it to the NBA finals with for, some with some scrubs on with, the team. With, but with it was with two different teams. With that's two different why, teams. That's yeah. why this is the first time since the nineteen sixties that a team has made it to five straight. Right, right. Whereas LeBron James did it with the Heat and the Cavs. LeBron James did it by carrying some scrubs. Matthew Delavadova. LeBron was in each straight finals. Yes. I mean, that's it was just that it was wow. with two different teams. Yes, right. Just one player. That there. is that is a heck of an achievement right there. Yeah, I don't. Yep. I don't think I've ever. Will but ever it, see but that but again. please tell me that it's uh, that it was necessary. Remind me that it was necessary for this to be a dynasty because they have good players, great players. Yeah. on the same team <laughs> for five for all of the five years. You know, Durant wasn't all of the five, but they've had four of the five all of those seasons. It's really, crazy. it's crazy. What a what a mind blowing achievement this is. Yeah, I mean it's a mind blowing achievement, but what a revelation, man. And that's in the Wall Street Journal. That's that's a tough pill to swallow, right there. Reading that article. I mean, I hope people aren't going to the Wall Street Journal for their sports. I would hope so too. I would hope so. I would hope they w- wouldn't if go there so, really for you anything got at God. this point. Yeah, you got God big time. And you don't get more than you get got, though. Yeah. So there it is. Hell of a segment to end it on there, Ryan. Yeah. Th- I mean, I had to throw Conor McGregor out there because it's like, I am a fan of him. And to hear him make excuses now. And, and if he were to make excuses days after the fight, I'd be like, okay. You know, it is what it is. And then let the dust settle, I would get it. But he was dead silent, and then he makes these excuses as to why he lost that fight. And he says he deserves a rematch immediately. I'd say you deserve an immediate rematch if the fight is close. If it's not, what's the point in doing an immediate rematch? That's just unabated ego right there. Right. This has been the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry, And Ryan Thomas joining us here. Ryan, let the good people know. Where to find you? You can find me on Twitter at Tom at uh, 
You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Thomas Take. You can find me on Instagram at Ryan Thomas Take, constantly updating my story. Uh, and you can also like the Thomas Take Sports Podcast Facebook page and subscribe to the Thomas Take Sports Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming in. And as usual, we'll end this on the similar note. Frank and I, we play in the 11-day power play thing. Yes. Where we are playing at minimum three straight hours of hockey. I am playing in six hours within 12 hours. Wow. That's going to be fun. It's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a hell of a challenge for me athletically to do that twice within the same day. That's just how the shifts fell. It just happened like that. But I'm, I'm ready for it because I, that's got nothing on taking on cancer. So right. that's what we're doing it for. That's what the 11-day power play is all about. The link is pinned on my page at Kramer 49 And at Frank R. Curry. So please help us out. Donate. It goes to Cancer Research at Roswell Park. It also goes to families that you know get help from Make-A-Wish Foundation and Camp Good Days. And I think those are the ones I think to me those hit a little more home personally because, you know, they're still dealing with it. You know, whether it's the loss of someone and then that's where Camp Good Days is around, you know, to help out with that sort of thing or to help someone that's still fighting through it. And you just want to get a week away from it. And that's how Make-A-Wish can just blow your mind with, hey, going to Disney for a week, kid. Have fun. So that's always awesome. And uh, the programs like that are really, for me, what I would say, they hit the more home for me on this. So 11-day power play. At Derek Kramer 49, at Frank R. Courier. Those are where our links are. Frank, I have to end this, though, on one last thing. What? I forgot to post something. You're Do you remember idiot. the bet about Ralph Kruger? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to stick true to this. I have to make sure and remind myself that I did that. Yeah. And I'm going to post this with the link for today's podcast. The picture of the book of Ralph Kruger that he wrote. The hair, the hairdo that this man has. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So, if the Sabres make the, the Eastern Conference Finals with Ralph Kruger within his three years as head coach, I will have my hair changed to his hair in that book. He will, and he will dress and pose. I will make the pose. Just I'll like the, the cover. <laughs> will you speak German as well? No. <laughs> See, you got to. I've got. Raise the bar a little of, bit. I got two of the three there. Okay, you got two. You got to give right, me some credit. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you credit for the hair, especially. I'll, I'll give you credit. Yes, I will change my hair to Ralph Kruger's do and take that picture. If the Sabers <laughs> make the Eastern Conference Finals within the next three years. That's awesome. I hope. I hope it does happen. I hope it for happens for bet purposes too. and for the sport for purposes. entertainment purposes. Strictly, <laughs> strictly entertainment. Strictly purposes. entertainment purposes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Kyle will be back on Monday. Three up, three down in the baseball world as well. And who knows? We always come up with surprises. Like Ryan doing the podcast here tonight. See what we've got on Monday. Later. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.